I definitely feel like sometimes I feel these phantom symptoms because I'm, you know, mm. stressed about this idea that I could be sick. A couple of friends are choosing not to return to school, and I think of anxiety. Hi, I'm Delaney Rustin, and this is the Screenagers podcast, where we talk about how we help our kids be tech-wise and life-balanced. And today we're going to be talking about anxious feelings and our kids and teens when it comes to school. This spring, more schools are returning to campus, at least part-time and some full-time. To address this topic, I spoke with two psychologists. They're both authors and specialize in kids and teens. One is Dr. Elizabeth Englander, a researcher, and the other is Dr. Laura Kastner, a clinical practitioner. Here's Elizabeth Englander kids thrive, as we all know, on stability and consistency, and their entire world got taken upside down and shook by the heels. You know, I was talking with a mom just the other day who had a third grader who, you know, the school called and said, she is just so worried about maybe making you sick or how you guys are doing without her there, that she needs to come home. She's too worried today to be here. Here's Laura Kastner. Those that I was working with before COVID, for the most part, of course, if they're isolated, depressed, anxious, have school uh, issues and so forth, it's just intensified that. That's why the rate has gone up. Those that were just the worried well, were struggling a little bit, um, have really sort of shifted into the, the high risk group. We're all in a continuum. Almost all of us could develop Um, a mental health problem, research shows. The majority of us could with enough stressors, and now we have enough stressors. What's important to keep in mind is that teens report higher rates of anxiety than adults. For example, the National Institutes of Mental Health recently funded a survey of adults and teens, and the researchers found that while 29% of adults reported moderate to severe anxiety, 48% of teens did so. Going back to school can really trigger the worry center of the brain, which is housed in the limbic center of the brain, in particular the amygdala. I asked Laura what she says to some of her kids and teens around anxious feelings. Thoughts and feelings aren't facts. It's a physiological state that tricks us into thinking it's a life-threatening situation. That amygdala that takes us to a 10 uh, when we go back to school or when we are about to give a recital or when we're about to order something at the Burger King. Anything that's got your heart racing, that means your your body is tricking you into thinking that you're in a life-threatening situation, that the predator is after you and the only thing you want to do is escape. And of course, since we want our, our kids to return to school, We need to talk about, yes, this is a huge challenge. Most kids feel this way. How do we plan with our toolbox to make it feel better? We're going to talk about this idea of a toolbox. And let's start with us parents. How about checking in with our own amygdalas? We have to really make sure that we don't infuse them with more anxiety than they had in the first place. And I see this all the time with the parents because of anxious parent can make an anxious kid and the anxious kid can make an anxious parent. It's called circular anxiety. Dr. Englander has a new book out called The Insanely Awesome Post-Pandemic Playbook, a humorous mental health guide for kids. 
And one of the chapters talks about mixed feelings. How kids might be really excited to go back to school, and yet they might be having some really uncomfortable feelings as well. You know, the idea that everybody is so eager for the end of this pandemic, understandably, everybody is so excited to get back to school and back to life. Then when you're faced with this, you know, you're a kid, you've been told for a year that you shouldn't go anywhere, that you might infect your parents, that it's not safe, that there's a virus out there. And now your mom, you know, laces up your sneakers and says, you're going to school tomorrow. Isn't that great? (laughs) And it's sort of like, whoa, what are you talking about? I mean, I am glad to be going back to school, but what about this virus? And what about infecting you? The idea is for people to understand that what those mixed feelings are, to sort of anticipate it, to say, it's okay. You're going to feel weird when you go back to school and you see your friend. You're going to feel weird. Talking about mixed feelings is key, as well as talking about what they might be anticipating and, well, not to make assumptions as parents. And to that point, here's Laura again. So sometimes the parents are projecting their own anxiety on the child. The parent might be concerned about safety. Oh, you're anxious because you're afraid that you might contract COVID somehow. And the kid says, no, I'm not worried about that. I'm cons- I'm concerned that my clothes aren't, aren't cool enough. I don't even know what clothes are cool this year. I missed a whole year of school and I'm going to look like a nerd. So you go, oh, I thought it was about contracting an illness. Oh, so true. I've had my share of assuming I know what my kids are worried about. And I've been completely wrong. Meanwhile, another issue is when our kids and teens tell us their concerns and we just immediately want to fix things. Let's say they say, nobody likes me. I have no friends. I'm the ugliest. You know, everybody's going to notice that I have acne this year. All those extreme things. Of course, the parent wants to reassure. A better thing to do is to validate that they're worried. You don't agree with, yes, you don't have friends and you gain weight and everybody. You say, oh, I know. Isn't it awful when we anticipate things? I feel the same way when I'm about to go to a meeting and I feel ill-prepared. Mm-hmm. So you validate that they've triggered their worry brain. It is so hard as a parent. The moment they say that worry, we want to reflexively answer and then boom, we've derailed their thought process. Right. Sometimes when the kid starts to flood, the parent just wants to rescue them. It's a very natural response. In Screenager's next chapter, you see a researcher who explains her study related to how when parents step in and try to problem solve for teens, it actually brings the stress down of the parents while at the same time elevating the stress of the teens. I've gotten so much better at saying to my kids, hey, yeah, I'm here. If you want to brainstorm ideas, that's great. But until then, I'll let you figure it out. Let's say your child or teen does want your help in brainstorming. Laura shares some ideas here. Returning to school, okay, do you want to go visit the school? Do you want to go with a friend in the morning? This is one of those times that you should maybe email the teacher or do you want to talk to a couple friends? Uh, Do you want to arrange for an after-school thing just to sort of, you know, have a, a detox after the day? Just asking good questions, I think, is part of the way to keep them talking. 
And that's what I do as a psychologist as well in the office, or of course now it's all Zoom. Just like, oh God, what are your options? Do you think you should confront your friend on that? Do you think you should consult another friend on that? Do you think you should write down five options and sort of, you know, just sleep on it? I don't tell them what to do. I, you know, that's not how they they actually build their self-esteem and build their sense of self-mastery. We all know that pushing our kids to talk when they don't want to can be really counterproductive. I work a lot with parents around how they can talk about something they're concerned about to model for their kids that it's okay to talk about what they're feeling. And what's also important is when our kids listen to us talk about things, for us to say, hey, I feel better having talked about it. Thank you so much. And there's an extra bonus here too, is that our kids get to feel useful and that they helped us. And it's not just them with anxious feelings, them the designated problem child, but this is human condition. And many of us are feeling a lot of anxious feelings right now. Here's Laura. By talking about your worries, you're activating circuits in the prefrontal cortex. You're getting your feelings out of the emotional zones of your brain. You form sentences and you feel better. And it seems like such a minor thing. Oh, just explain, you know, say what you're feeling. I keep reading studies about when you actually name the emotion. And like you say, it comes to that prefrontal cortex and that ability of the brain sets into motion. It literally is changing their abilities in that moment. Getting back to other tools to help with anxious feelings. A key one is thinking about past challenges and wins. Here's Laura. You can have them review other challenges they've had, you know, auditioning for something or um, going to a camp and saying, how'd you do it then? Well, you could do it again. You're a very brave person and I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. You're brave. I'm proud. It's challenge. Have you mastered other challenges? You can do it. I love what you just said about the having them reflect on times that they face similar or challenges in social situations. I was just working with a patient related to more about excessive alcohol use, but just having them uh, write down times when they weren't using as much, what was working for them? Who did they use for support? What were they doing during the days? The same idea of reactivating all that positive um, abilities, those capabilities that they have demonstrated and, and makes me think of exactly what you're saying to be talking to our kids about this right now related to times that they have faced challenging social situations, starting a new school, going to camp, walking into a, a new after-school program. I mean, there's just so many that they have been at and they kind of go, oh yeah, I did get through that. You know, when I talk with teens about anxiety, I sometimes talk about the idea of reframing. I let them know that sometimes to think of anxious feelings as an asset rather than a detriment can help them get through a challenging moment. An interesting research study put college students in two groups before going to give a presentation. They were all told that peers would see their presentations eventually, and this was to make sure that they were feeling anxious. One of the groups was directed to repeat to themselves, I'm calm, before giving their presentation, while the other group was prompted to repeat the, I'm excited. 
The people rating the presentations didn't know what each presenter was told to do. The researchers found that if a person said, I'm excited, they were more likely to be given a higher rating of the presentation and to feel good about their own performance. So there's, there's just something about kind of harnessing that anxious feeling and trying to think about it in a new light. When I'm in clinic taking care of teens with anxiety, and I know it's serious, like when they're avoiding things in their life, such as school, I tell them that we need to sort out new ways of tackling the situation. I say something like, if it were so easy, you would have already done it. And I go on to talk about how really uncomfortable anxious feelings are. And doing this, my patient's eyes always light up because they really understand that I, that I get how intensely uncomfortable anxious feelings can be. You know, and parents, we can all be doing this too, to really not kind of um, skim over anxious feelings, but to validate how challenging they are. And if a teen is really avoiding things, that it's so important to get support and outside help. And this is true for a child as well who's really avoiding things because of anxious feelings. So definitely contact the school, figure out ways to get um, a counselor, therapist, whatever it is, if your child or teen is really struggling when it comes to issues around school. In the meantime, talking to them about some of the ideas we talked about today for the toolkit. Reframing, thinking about past challenges, remembering that talking about emotions moves the activity from that emotion center into the prefrontal cortex and gives them abilities to think through the problems as opposed to just being flooded by the emotions. Let's finish on a positive note. Here's Odessa, the high schooler that you heard at the start of the show. How was it when you went back then to see everyone? The benefits of going to school in person have like greatly outweighed any initial anxiety I had. It felt incredible. I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot school could be like this. Like I was like, I love online school. And then I went back to in-person school and I was like, I did not love online school <laughs> because it's a whole different experience. It's so tempting to be on your phone or reading oh, yeah. something else yeah. while in class. And so having the attention, having my favorite part, which I didn't realize was the drone of voices in the classroom. Like just the, the buzz of people mm. like whispering to each other is so exciting mm. and something you do not get on Zoom. It's great to hear the energy in your voice too about being so excited to, to be back. Yeah, it's fun. I get to see my friends. I'm really enjoying my classes. That's it for our show today. And one quick thing, my new book, Parenting in the Screen Age, can be found at ScreenAgersMovie.com, as well as you can learn about chapter clubs related to the book and how you can watch the Screen Agers movies right now with your kids. I want to thank Elizabeth Englander and Laura Kastner for being on the podcast. They both have websites, and you can find their books and so much more at their websites. And thanks to Odessa and my co-producer, Lisa Tab. I'm Delaney Rustin, producer and editor of the Screenagers podcast. And hey, if you get a minute, please subscribe to the show, rate it, and share it. All of this really helps people learn about the show. Thank you so much, and I can't wait till next time.